Hello, and thank you for joining Women of Color Advancing Peace and Security. My name is Ashley Burrell. I'm the Secretary of the Board for Women of Color Advancing Peace and Security. We will be producing monthly podcasts featuring women of color in the peace and security field. So please visit WCAPS.org regularly for more details. Hello, and welcome to another WCAPS uh, podcast. We are happy to have with us today one of our young ambassadors uh, for the WCAPS program. She's one of our leaders and has been part of the WCAPS uh, effort since its very beginning, which was uh, we were launched in December of last year. My name is Bonnie Jenkins. I am the founder and president of WCAPS. And I want to uh, welcome all of you to what I think will be a very good discussion with one of our youth leaders who is heading out to do some exciting work uh, with the Peace Corps, but I'll let her explain that to you. So Miriam, why don't we start with you um, telling us a little about yourself and what you've just, uh, and congratulations on graduating by, by the way, and just uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Thank you so much, and thank you for um, giving me the chance to be able to do this podcast series. I'm really excited to be doing this. Um, my name is Miriam Foote. I'm a recent graduate of Ithaca College. I graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science and a minor in the Environmental Studies and Honors Program at my university. Um, this fall, I'll be joining Peace Corps. Um, in Benin as an agricultural extension agent. I've been really passionate about sustainability and environmental issues. So that's something that I've been wanting to do for a while, especially um, within the space of Africa. Um, I also, while I was a student at Ithaca College, I was also their student body president and I was really involved in a lot of um, the campus protests and also the work that was done to kind of create a new administration um, that happened in the last couple of years, um, which followed Ms. U and a lot of the universities that were also doing this um, nationally. And so I've been really involved with um, my school and I've also been really involved um, with um, volunteering and other different initiatives. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about myself. So thanks. And you've, you've already started, uh, you're talking already, maybe start writing down some questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us a bit about you saying that you were involved in some of the, the youth activities that were going on in campus. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and, and just talk about some of the, um, the engagement of students and, and from your perspective on some of the issues that are taking place uh, today? Yeah, as a sophomore, we, um, when I was a sophomore and junior um, at Ithaca College, we had some problems with our administration where there was also racist issues that were going on on campus. Um, and there were a lot of structural problems. And so a lot of the students came together um, and they became protesting and demonstrating. And this also happened, it, coinciden it coincidentally happened along with a lot of the other universities that were doing it at the same time. Um, and so we had protests um, and I helped as well. And I was a part of student government. And so we did a lot of initiatives within student government, um, such as having like a vote of no confidence um, and pushing faculty to also do so. And so I worked with faculty and staff to um, bring these or address these issues um, to campus and also address these issues to administration. Um, and we actually uh, were able to have a new president recently this year, um, and she's actually a Dominican-American first-generation woman, um, and her name is President Shirley Collado. And so we were able to bring her onto this campus this year um, and change a lot of the things that were going on um, on campus previously. 
Um, and so through my role as Senate chair and also president of our student body, I've been able to work with students to be able to do all of this work. So tell me, how, what do you think that has done? I mean, I think it's, it's, it's great seeing the you know, young people so involved in, uh, in, in you know, politics and policy issues. What, what, what experience do you think you took from um, your engagement on these issues while you were at Ithaca College? Yeah, definitely learning how to organize um, and also realizing that it's really, really complicated and it's really hard. Um, there were a lot of things that we couldn't foresee happening. Um, none of us really had experience in this area before. Um, so it was a lot of researching, a lot of trying to connect to other universities in the area that were doing the same things. And even in this fall, we had a lot of, we had some DACA students, um, some issues around DACA students come up. And so we had to partner with Cornell. We had lawyers come to our school to talk about what students that were under DACA, like what they could do and what international students can do as well to be able to stay on campus and also protect themselves. And so um, this has given us basically... Um, or this has given me more of a foundation in learning how to like research, learning how to connect with other people, learning also how to organize and um, lead. Um, and so this was something that was hard to learn, but it was also very helpful. Um, and like all movements, there's always problems with them. And so I took a lot away from that as well. So what is, uh, let's move on a little bit, and, and um, because I, it's great to hear that you're interested in the environment. Um, there's so many issues with the environment right now, and it's really important that the next generation is thinking about ways to preserve the environment, to ensure, uh, you know, that we have, uh, how do we deal with climate change, you know, thinking about things like biodiversity, all very important issues, I think, and things that I, I, I am also um, a champion for. So how did you get in, involved? What was your interest? Uh, how, did, how did you uh, gain an interest in environmental issues? Yeah, um, so I'm a Senegalese American. My mother's Senegalese and my father's American. And so I spent a lot of my childhood in Senegal. When I was younger, I spent about a year um, growing up there. And every time I was there, my mom would always tell me, you know, the environment's changing. There were a lot of construction, a lot of developmental projects. Um, but there were a lot of repercussions as a result, um, as in like people were having more respiratory problems um, and there was a lot more sand in the air and a lot more problems. And so I began wondering, you know, what was causing all of these things? And my mother is also really passionate about gardening um, and growing things in our backyard. And so when I was really young, I would see that and I would, you know, I, I, I garnered an interest in agriculture and in food and in sustainability through watching her and hearing about her own childhood growing up in Dakar and how the city has changed so much in the last 10, 20, 30 years. Um, and so me, my passion um, about sustainability also really is tied to my passion about Dakar um, and my passion about seeing a city change and also seeing like how development can be tied to sustainability and how often it isn't. And so you have these um, negative consequences, which are environmental. Um, and so that's really what started my passion in environmental sustainability and that's really what got me into it. And so this is an area that you, I, I assume you wanna keep working on um, and we'll talk a bit about going to Peace Corps, but this is kind of what you would call your passion, I, I assume. Mm -hmm, definitely, um, even in my role in student government, uh, I started an environmental betterment committee on campus and we helped to ban plastic bags um, and helped to push the school to kind of change to renewable energy. They even changed to using more solar powered energy this year um, and buying more of their energy from solar powered sources. 
Um, and so this is definitely one of something that I'm really passionate about. And I think one of the most important discussions that we need to be having um, as we move into the future and begin to wonder, you know, how are we going to have um, this world for the next generation? And how are we going to have a sustainable place where we can eat healthy and where we can live healthily um, alongside each other? Um, and this is one of the most important questions. And it also ties into, um, you know, economic inequalities, um, and a lot of other issues around also like global inequalities. And so it's really important, I think, in my opinion, to really focus on sustainability. Well, that's all great to hear. And I'm glad to hear about um, how some of the work that you guys have been doing in, uh, in Ithaca has led to some changes already and how you were able to, you know, change the direction for some of the things that, that your, um, your college is doing. So that's the kind of thing that we like to hear <laughs> that young people are doing and that and to encourage you guys to keep doing it. And even as you said, even thinking about the next generation, you're the next generation, but there's a next generation after you. And so, mm -hmm. you know, already thinking about them and, you know, the, how the environment is, is going to affect them as well. So I think that's really, really very positive. And I, I definitely encourage you to keep doing it. Thank you. And you can integrate sustainability into almost everything. And so I figured, I found that out when I was doing student government. A lot of people tend to think it's more political, um, but you can integrate sustainability into that. I integrated it into my classrooms. There's always different ways to integrate it into the different things that we do every day. Um, it's just thinking about how we do that. Um, and so I think it's a really important um, thing that we all need to start really working on. Excellent. I like that. And, and I think we should be thinking about how we can incorporate it into everything we do. Because mm -hmm. I, I do think that sometimes we believe, oh, there has to be something special. Yeah, but no, it's, it's, you know, it's part of everything because that's how much we have to think about it, which I think is an excellent idea. Yeah. Um, so these issues, I mean, dealing with the environment and all these, all these things are definitely fall within the areas of peace and security, which is, you know, as, as you note, the things that WCAPS is, is focused on. Um, so just, I wonder if you, ever, you know, give some thoughts on how, how the work of environmental issues and the things you're doing, how that promotes peace and security overall. Well, even if you think about uh, California and the recent fires that are going on and water shortages, um, if you have that on a global scale or if it magnifies um, you can have serious problems in terms of stability, country stability. You have um, places that are landlocked or aren't able to access water. Um, and these basic things such as water, food, um, and like sustainable development will be key in terms of creating stable environments where people are able to grow, um, receive education, and also development. Without those things, you cannot have anything after that. Um, and so in terms of national security, this is imperative. In fact, it might even be one of the most important things. Um, if we can't think about the ways that we can grow sustainably, um, we're going to have serious problems in terms of planning our future. Um, governments will have serious problems. And so I think that this is probably one of the key areas in terms of security, but oftentimes it's not taken as seriously. Um, and oftentimes it's downplayed, but it is very important. Um, once resources are finite, um, and so if they run out, we'll have serious problems around those issues. And so that's why I believe that um, environmental sustainability should be really integrated into everything that we do. And it should be taken as something that should always be, <laughs> um, I guess, present in all of the aspects of everything that we're doing in security. So, um I mean, that, it, that, that makes a lot, a lot of sense. And I, I'm wondering if you could, you, you, you mentioned that it's not taken as seriously as, and, and of course it should be. Mm -hmm. why, do you, why do you think that's the case? Why do you think there is not, you know, there is not as much uh, focus on some of these 
issues. I mean, I think we're trying to, we're definitely trying to do that. I know WCAP's doing that and other other, um, initiatives and institutions are definitely trying to raise the attention uh, to Mm -hmm. things like food and water security and and, uh, other environmental issues. But why do you think it's still not taken as seriously as it should be? Well, if you look at uh, recent politics and what's going on with the administration and what's going on with the EPA, you can see that a lot of these environmental issues have been downplayed. A lot of these projects are being cut and slashed. Um, A lot of these projects that are really, really important um, in terms of creating a sustainable future for us. Um, There are other countries that are doing a lot of work within the area, but I I don't believe that that's what's really going on right now, at least within the U.S. And I think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of environmental sustainability. And even within, um, I studied it as my major and then I put it into my minor. But even when I was studying it, um, it wasn't also highlighted as a study. There weren't a lot of students that went into it. And I was only maybe out of five students, five students of color um, out of hundreds of students that were studying environmental studies. Um, And so people weren't really enrolling within the programs and people weren't really um, acknowledging that these programs really existed. And it took a lot of pushing on my part um, of the administration to start taking this more seriously and also working with other students to do this. Um, But a lot of students themselves, you know, they're not, um, they don't see environmental issues as something that's really important for them to be studying. Um, And so all of that kind of stuff is really important to me and also wondering why students of color and why a lot of women of color aren't studying these issues as well as it relates directly to a lot of what we do on a daily basis and our lives. So, I mean, and and that's a very good point about, you know, too bad that there are so few people of color, students of color who who were involved in that at the school uh, at Ithaca College. Um, How do you how do you think we can change that? Um, I think that we need to start having discussions more so even I had a lot of students I had a lot of friends a lot of my friends that were students of color they went into business um, or other fields and so starting to talk about why environmental studies why sustainability is so important to people of color um, and how it relates to social inequalities um, economic inequalities environmental inequalities if we're not studying these fields and we're not able to be in the room to be able to talk about our experiences and give our perspectives. Um, and so it's just really, there's definitely a disproportionate amount of students um, that are studying environmental studies. Um, and it might be because they don't see it as something that's worthwhile. I'm not really sure, but um, there were only about five of us in total in our department and even at other universities um, that I've looked at, not a lot of students of color study environmental studies. And there weren't, all the professors in my department um, were also white. um, And I haven't been able to meet a lot of other environmental people in the field that were studying environmental that were also women of color or people of color at all. It's amazing how important it is to have other people, who would have people out there who you can see as mentors or who are already doing that work. It really does affect in in many ways whether people, young people want to pursue that career. Yeah, Um, and not being able to have a mentor that is a person of color was really difficult and not being able to say like, you know, there's someone in the table, on the table doing this work and I can also do it, um, makes it so that it feels like the environment's also really exclusive. Um, Some of the classes that I take took were also very excluding of me and they there were a lot of things that I couldn't understand because of also my background Um, my parents never took me to national parks you know we never went camping 
um, there were a lot of things culturally that I didn't understand that other students in the class understood. And so not being able to have faculty of color that could also talk to me about their own experiences, their own cultural experiences, or international faculty as well, um, was really hard. And it made some of the classes a lot more difficult for me as well. Wow, that's, that's important, um, what you're saying, because that applies in so many areas uh, in, the, in, in peace and security. You know? mm-hmm. um, so let's talk a little bit about Peace Corps. Um, what got you interested in, in, in Peace Corps and, and doing that following your graduation? Yeah, um, I've always loved to travel. Um, traveling has always been really important to me. And I spent my last semester, or yeah, my previous semester actually in Ecuador for a whole semester um, learning Spanish um, and being able to do this like immersive program. And so I was really interested in traveling after I graduated. And I'm also really passionate about agriculture and volunteering. And so Peace Corps really seemed like the perfect opportunity for me to be able to mesh all of my interests together into one. Um, I also speak French. And so I would be able to use my French skills as well um, while I'm working in Benin. Um, so it's a lot of different, different reasons for me to join, but I'm really passionate about agriculture and working with communities. And so Peace Corps really gives you the opportunity to be able to do that for two years. It's very integrative. Um, two years is a long time to be able to be committed to the program. And so for those two years, I'm really looking forward to working with people, to being able to learn from other people, other cultures, being able to travel and experience something that I might not be entirely familiar with, I think is very valuable and has been very valuable for me um, throughout my life um, and my experiences as a child, also growing up in Dakar. And so these are the reasons why I joined Peace Corps and why I also think it's a great program. I've also been able, I've had a lot of other volunteers around me or past volunteers around me that talk to me about their experiences. And so by talking to them as well and by talking to some of the Peace Corps staff about their own experiences, this has really pushed me into wanting to join Peace Corps for the next two years. And so did you have a choice as to where you were going to go or how did that work? Yes, I think it's recently changed, but now you can choose the country that you want to go to um, and you can choose the position that you want. And so I was looking mainly for an agricultural or an environmental position and then Benin seemed like the perfect match for me. And so you can choose or you can go, you can also do a random selection. And so some people will just go for the random option and Peace Corps will place you where they can or where they want to. Um, so there's two different options that you can go about. Is, is there anyone else who's going to be doing Peace Corps from Ithaca College or are you the only one you know of? I know another student who graduated about two years ago. She's going, actually, she's going to Uganda today. Um, She's flying out. And so she's doing the same position as I'm doing, an agricultural position, but she's doing that in Uganda. Um, And I'll be in Benin. And so I don't really, I think there's one other volunteer from my university, but I'm not exactly sure where they're going. Um, But besides that, it's just me and her that I'm aware of. And so what what is it that you would like to get out of the Peace Corps experience? Um, you know, after your time is, is complete, what is it that you would like to say that you gained from the experience? There's so much to learn, um, especially from others and especially around the world. Um, and so I really hope that I'm able to face some difficult challenges because those challenges will help me to grow as a person Um, and to learn. And so I'm really hoping to be able to talk to people, to be able to connect with communities, 
And a lot of the times you don't get on the ground experience, um, especially if you just stay in the DC area. And so I really wanted to, you know, be able to talk to people about their own, like what they're going through, their own experiences with environmentalism, with agriculture, their daily, their daily lives. And so that was really, really important to me. And being able to do that for two years um, means that I can really become a part of the community, become a part of um, the families that are there and like build some really strong relationships. And so for me, the most important part for me was the relationship aspect um, and being able to be a part of a different community, really. Um, of course, I really want to continue working on agriculture um, and growing things and learning different skills and tools. And there will be a lot of skills that I will learn and my French hopefully will improve as well. Um, but for me, the relationship tidbit was the most important part in terms of deciding to join Peace Corps. Do you know anyone who's actually going, I mean, how do you know anyone's going to be going to Benin? Do they, do they tell you about anything like that? I mean, what, what do they, what do they tell you before you actually arrive? Not particularly. I haven't gotten much information, but I've been able, I've followed the, there's a Peace Corps Benin Instagram page and there's a lot of other Instagram pages for the other programs in different countries. And so I actually found a student um, who's there right now who graduated from my school last year. And so I've been able to talk to her about her experiences. She's there right now. And so I send her messages every so often about what she's up to, um, what her job is like, what her job encaptures and what I'm supposed to be doing when I get there. Um, so she's been really helpful in helping to kind of give me that foundational information. Um, but I know that Peace Corps will be giving us more information closer to our orientation date, which is which mine will be in September. And then once we leave, we'll have three months in Benin to train near um, the capital, Kotonou. And then um, those three months will be a lot of us talking to each other, um, talking to our host families, talking to a lot of the staff that are there and like learning a lot of the skills that we need to in, before they place us into where we're supposed to be going. And so um, that's when I'll get more information. Um, right now, I'm more in the limbo phase, waiting to hear back from them. But that should all be so soon. That is so very exciting. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> very exciting. So what, what would you like to do when you're, when you're finished with the Peace Corps? Would I'm you, thinking... Do you want to stay in Africa? Do you want to come back to the U.S.? Or what have you thought? I definitely want to stay for some portion of time in, somewhere in Africa. I really wanted to travel, so I really wanted to go to other places um, like Tanzania. So we'll see if I can do that. Um, but besides that, I'm hoping to go do more school <laughs> after and uh, study for my LSATs um, and, take, and go into law school after I'm done. And so that's the hope. Um, but right now I really want to focus on spending as much time as I can uh, within the continent and visiting as many places as I can and learning some new languages, including hopefully a local language, depending on where I'm placed. Um, and then after that, more school. <laughs> so do you want to do environmental law? Yeah, I would love to do environmental law or human rights. Um, those are two things that I'm really passionate about. Um, so I'm really looking into environmental law that would probably be where I would go into. Great. Mm -hmm. I think that, that's wonderful. Um, so how's your Spanish? How did you talk to you learned Spanish while you, uh, you were away? Did you, how's your Spanish? It got really good. Uh, it was good. a completely immersive program. Uh, my host family only spoke Spanish to me. I took classes in Spanish. Um, and so it actually increased a lot in just six months. 
Um, and I made a lot of other friends, like Ecuadorian friends, while I was at their university um, in Quito. And so that was really helpful for me. And I found that experience to be really profound. I think that going to the place where you're trying to learn the language is the best way to learn the language. Um, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. It's the best way. Um, and you learn it quicker because a lot of the times we understand the structure. When we're in class, we get the structure. Um, we get all of the rules, but we don't know how to actually execute it. Um, but while I was in Ecuador, I was able to do all of those things. I was able to get around. I traveled a lot while I was there. So every weekend we would go to a different part of Ecuador and spend the weekend there. And that really helped to make my Spanish a lot better. And being a part of the clubs at the universities with other Ecuadorian students was also really helpful. And so that was a very important experience for me. And that's also why I chose Benin for French, um, because that's the best way to learn a language, honestly. Well, I, I think it's great when you're not, when you don't have the option, when you can't just fall back on English. Yeah. And it's funny because I know uh, colleagues who are in foreign service who learn, um, you know, they go to um, Foreign Service Institute, FSI, and they learn a language and, um, and then they go overseas to the country. And then unfortunately, sometimes when they know that they're dealing with the person who speaks English, they'll speak English. And so they will get to practice their language. Uh, so that happens sometimes, um, not, not too often, but that does happen sometimes. So it's good to be totally immersed and not have the option. <laughs> it's so important. You know, when I met my host family, they only spoke maybe four words of English. Right? I mean, that's the way to do it. And, you yeah. know, and, and, and my friends, they say, we have to tell people, don't talk to me English. <laughs> so it's so easy for them to just say, okay, I'll, I'll just do that because it's comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're in the country and they speak English and they just want to use English, it, it makes it difficult because you're trying to learn the language and they feel more comfortable speaking with you in English. So it's better to be in a space where no one speaks English. Right, exactly. So you're just forced. That's how you do it. Um, so it's been it's been really good having you part of the WCAPS uh, leadership for the young young youth ambassadors or young ambassadors. I keep saying the wrong young ambassadors, um, and, and um, I'm glad that you will still. I know you don't know what the situation will be be like when you get to Benin as far as the, you know, your where you'll be where you will be and access to the internet and all that and all of that. But um, it's great that you will still be involved. We will try to be involved, and you you let us know. But it'd be great if you could say a little bit about um, you know the importance of it. We talked about this already a bit, but you know the importance of having you know uh, women of color and and involved in these type of issues like environmental issues. And you know you talked about the fact that there weren't that many people, students of color, in in, in these issues at, at college that you were at in Ithaca College. But say a little bit about that because you know obviously one of the goals of WCAPS is to increase the voices of women of color in peace and security and conflict transformation issues and strengthen the voices of women who are already there. So what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, for me, um, whenever I'm looking to create a project, I always look to get the most diverse, most different people I can. Um, people that come from completely different places, different perspectives into the room because they're able to provide um, a lot of different things to the project, which strengthens it in the end. And so the reason why women of color are so important um, in terms of environmental issues and climate change is because we have different perspectives um, to offer. And right now our perspectives aren't being heard. And so issues that, you know, solutions that we can see that maybe aren't being like, on the table 
um, are being left out. And so it's really important that women of color, people of color, especially the international community and women around the world um, are able to contribute to this and contribute to projects around national security and environmental issues and sustainability because they can bring up those issues. They can bring up different perspectives that we normally would not take into account. Um, and if we don't take them into account, what ends up happening is voices, like the project ends up falling, failing, and they're weaker. Um, and it's less, it doesn't work. And so for me, um, I really think that women of color are very, very important in terms of all of this, even when we're talking about like economic um, or environmental, um, environmental inequalities, a lot of these issues affect women of color in different ways. Um, they affect women around the world in different ways. And if we don't understand how those issues affect women of color, then we cannot solve the, these problems. We cannot even begin imagining how to solve these problems. If you have the same kind of people in the room from the same class, um, economic standing, from the same backgrounds, from the same families, from the same area, um, then you're just going to have the same solutions being brought up that aren't working. Um, and so those are the reasons why I think it's so important to have women of color and other people into the room, um, especially when talking about class um, and having, you know, people who are rich and poor um, all into the room together, also having these conversations. And so those are the reasons why I think we need to push um, more so for the diversification and the inclusion of um, women of color into these areas um, that are encapsulate national security and conflict transformation. And and who have been some of your role models on? And, and you know, I know, you know, they could be you know, men or women or or black or white or Asian, Hispanic, whatever. Um, who have been some of your role models? Hmm. I really love art, so one of mine is Fela Kuti, <laughs> uh -huh. just because I love music um, and also internationalism, and he talked a lot. He also integrated a lot of political messaging into his music, and so looking at the way that art also can be transformed um, and speak about politics and all that kind of stuff. Um, Marcia P. Johnson is another one that I love. Um, and she was an advocate for trans rights. Um, and so she's also really inspiring to me. And I think that she's also really important. Um, and it's important for us to be looking at voices like theirs um, in terms of understanding, you know, how we understand ourselves in the world and how we understand politics and the ways that politics also define ourselves and the things that we do every day. Well, that's great because, as you know, part of one thing that we're doing in WCAPS is this peace, security, and art. And we actually have our first panel discussion in New York on June 21st. So yeah. if folks want to check the website, it's, it's, uh, it's noted up there. It's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's really exciting. A, yeah, it's a way to bring people in through a different medium, you know. Yeah. Really and helpful. art can speak to everyone and it touches everyone's lives. And so that's why also why it's so important, music and art. And so I'm really excited to see that um, being taken as a part of WCAPS. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out into the future. Yeah, hopefully it'll be great. We're hoping to do about four of them, um, uh, not just in New York or D.C. We're going to try to go to different parts of the U.S. and do it as well and feature different artists. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> hopefully that works out. Um, I just have one other, one other question to, ref I'd like you to think about. I mean, you're still, as I said, you know, you're still, you know, young next generation yourself, but you know, what would you tell, uh, you know, young women of color 
who are younger than you about, um, you know, how, you know, how, about your passion and, and mm-hmm. what should they be thinking about as they, you know, go into the world and, you know, those things and, and, you know, reflecting on issues of peace and security and, and reflecting on the environment. Uh, what would you tell them? Yeah, at least for my, a lot of the women of color that I know, I think one of the most important things is that often they sell themselves short um, or, you know, they're in a room and they're quieter than the other people in the room. So I think that definitely confidence and like pushing that and understanding that our work is really important and that it's worth it. Um, a lot of times, you know, I'll have friends that are, you know, amazing at what they do, probably the best. <laughs> and everyone will tell them, you know, you're doing a great job. Um, but they'll always go for something lesser. Um, or they'll always apply for something lesser because they don't think that they can get it. Um, or they don't think that they're qualified enough to be able to receive whatever position they're applying for. Um, and so I think that like really pushing in confidence and pushing in um, also self-worth is really important. Um, our work is really, it's imperative for the future and that we need to understand that our work is worth it. Um, also pursuing our passions and pursuing the things that we love. Um, not just, sometimes we get caught up in the idea, you know, making money is important um, and being able to do all those things are really important, but also finding things that we're passionate about um, and things that we love to do that doesn't just have to do with making money, I think is also something that my generation really needs um, or like being successful. Um, we have a lot of those things pushed onto us. Um, and so really trying to find things that we love to do um, and doing them. Um, regardless of whether or not, you know, we'll be seen as successful or regardless of whether or not we'll make a lot of money from it, I think it's something that women of color also need to take into account as we're moving forward. But obviously you need to be able to feed yourself and do all those things, so I understand. Um, But I think that, like, really pushing for following your passions and also having that confidence that you can do whatever you set your mind to is really important. Great. You know, I think, I think, and all those words are very important and particularly, you know, and it's, it, you know, it's, you know, every, it, I think we're always competing with the, you know, wanting to make money and, and that's understandable and we're always going to have that. But, you know, I think it's increasingly becoming important that we have people who are focusing on those issues that doesn't always make the most money, but that will help with the environment and the future, yes. future of the, of, you know, of, for, for all of us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that just with each generation, it just becomes even more important. So it's good that there are people like you who are, you know, strategic and thinking about these larger issues and, and do have a passion for issues of sustainability um, for, for, you know, for the future for everybody and, and for our next generation after mm-hmm. your generation. <laughs> it's so Um, important and when you love something and you're able to create something that is meaningful for you i think that it makes also you know living and life a lot better (laughs) Um, yeah and you know your projects actually mean something to you and they mean something to other people and they're actually able to make an impact um if you're just working for something like money or something that um isn't really meaningful for you a lot of your work won't come out as good as it will if you're actually really passionate about it um, and I've recognized that in a lot of my peers and a lot of the people that I've worked in, and you're able to see it <laughs> very easily. And right. so, you know, I hope that people can pursue their passions more so, and that women of color can also pursue their passions and are free to do so as we move forward. Great. 
Well, this has been wonderful, Miriam. I'm, I am very, first of all, like I said, I just want to thank you for being part of our inauguration of young uh, ambassadors uh, for our young ambassador program at WCAPS and for you to be involved with that. And of course, great, you know, great work you've done and, and good luck with everything with um, with Peace Corps. Um, of course, first your, your visit back home to Senegal and then going over to Peace Corps in Benin. I think it's gonna, it sounds like gonna be very exciting. And good luck with that. And um, glad you'll still be with us. And, you know, cause I do wanna see what happens within your, as you, as you continue your career. <laughs> Thank um, you so much. And, and for being already an, an inspiration to other women and other young women as you will continue to be as you pursue your career. So thanks a lot, okay? Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much for taking the time out. I will. Okay. All right. So thanks again to everyone who's listening to, the, to our uh, WCAPS podcast. And this is Bonnie Jenkins uh, signing off. Thank you. Thank you for joining Women of Color, Advancing Peace and Security. Please visit WCAPS.org. That's W-C-A-P-S dot org.